0: you can fill your life with activity and have zero intimacy with christ but what you and i need is intimacy with christ that fuels our activity welcome to
1: the one cry podcast a nationwide call for spiritual awakening the goal accelerating the movement of god through sharing revival truth stories and reports Well, welcome to the One Cry podcast. We are so excited to have you today. And I'm Bill Eliff, and uh, I'm excited again to have my buddy Jordan Bowen. Yeah. And uh, Jordan is from Little Rock, Arkansas, and is on our One Cry team, and is also a church planner and the pastor of the Hillcrest Community Church, uh, right down in the heart of, uh, of Little Rock. Yeah. So, Jordan, we we talked about last time how... God took you through quite a uh, season, Mm -hmm. bringing you to the end of yourself and then to uh, just get desperate for God. And he met you and has really changed your way of living and thinking uh, to more of a you want to be filled with with the spirit of God and the presence of God all the time. And you've taught your church how to do that. Yeah. And now they're experiencing that and yeah. thriving in yeah. that. Yes. And yeah. uh, if you missed that podcast, by the way, for those of you who are listening, go back and listen to the last podcast. It's, a, it's just an interview we did that I think will be incredibly helpful for you. Hey, we'd like to take a moment and really encourage you to go to the website at onecry.com. And when you go to the website, take some time to navigate there and you'll find resources that can really help you in your pursuit of revival and spiritual awakening. Some of those things, Bill would never say this, but I can say about him, God has used Bill in a mighty way to write some resources that can really help you. There's the One Cry book that he wrote with Byron that's fantastic and some other books there that you can find and also there's journeys that'll help give you prompts and practical ways to walk in greater intimacy with God. So I just want to encourage you today, take some time at OneCry.com, navigate and, and find some ways to help foster your relationship with God through these powerful resources. Go check it out. Uh, if you missed that podcast, by the way, for those of you who are listening, go back and listen to the last podcast. It's a, it just an interview we did that I think will be incredibly helpful for you. But today, Jordan, uh, uh, I just want you to talk to us about the presence of God. Yeah. You know, uh, you're learning uh, so much about this and, and teaching that. So uh, w- what is it? How do we experience it? Just yeah. talk to us how we how we get there, Yeah, because everything flows from God's presence. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. everything
0: does. And that, that's exactly how it kind of began for me. was just finding that only Christ can satisfy. And, you know, Bill and I've talked about this a lot, but even for the church, everything we do as a church when we're gathering together should be to encounter God. Like that, that should be our focus. That We're not building a church to attract people so much. We're building a church to attract the presence of God, encounter him. And that's what we need. (laughs) And that's what people want. Well, that's exactly what Jesus desired in scripture for the church. And it's interesting to see how he kind of guides us through that. And it's in Matthew chapter 21. And I'll just story some of it first. Before Jesus enters the temple, there's this really important scene It's his final week before his death and resurrection. And he tells his disciples, he says, I want you to go into Jerusalem, go into this town, go into this city, and you're going to find a donkey that's young. No one's ever ridden it. And I want you to get that donkey and bring it to me. Well, let's not just pass by that. okay? Uh, Jesus told his disciples to go into a place where they're not welcomed and Jesus is hated. Go find a donkey. You're, and it's there, it's waiting for you and just grab it and bring it to me. And if someone asks, what are you doing? You just say, well, God told me to take it. I mean, that's the scene they're walking into. So they're faithful or obedient. They go, they get this donkey. They tell this guy, hey, Jesus told us to bring it. And the guy lets him take it. They bring it to Jesus. And in humility, they put their cloaks on the donkey, their outer garments. And Jesus begins his journey, riding into the city, riding towards his death. You know what happens. This is Palm Sunday, what we celebrate. The crowd goes wild. They begin to grab palm branches and wave them. They're throwing their garments out on the ground. And Jesus begins to ride into the city of Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, promoting peace, because that would have been what they were thinking of in that moment a king of peace. And they begin to say, Hosanna, Hosanna. Well, Hosanna means save now. So these people were saying, save now, Messiah, save now, Jesus. But what happens, very interesting, Luke records that Jesus came and he entered into the city. And as he gazed upon Jerusalem and those very people, he began to weep. Why was he weeping? He was weeping because he knew those very people saying save now would very, very soon in one week's time say, crucify him, crucify him now. He wept over those he was coming to rescue. It's all about Jesus in this scene. The very next thing you see happen is he goes into the temple. So here is this man filled with peace and compassion, thinking of these people and their need for him, thinking of you and your need for a savior, weeping for you, weeping for me, weeping for them, knowing what's to come. But he has a. very important lesson he wants them to see he comes to the temple and when he comes in there it doesn't seem very peaceful we know god is Without sin. So in this moment, a righteous anger overcomes him. And you know the story. He begins to flip tables, throw in chairs, and money's going everywhere. And the scripture says in Matthew chapter 21, it says, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of those money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Now here's the thing we need to see. These people were in the right place, but for the wrong reason. They were in the house of God. But when God entered the presence of God, that's Christ. Christ is the presence of God. He is God. When God entered church, they had no focus on God. And if you really study it out, they're they're selling these things. It's, It's like we would understand as inflation. Okay. They're selling these right sacrifices, but for seven times the price. It says in the outer court, so this is where anyone is allowed to come in. You don't have to be a Jew. So this is people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, every culture, every background, every upbringing, and they have one desire to encounter Christ, but the religious leaders have built barriers keeping them from hearing from God. So Jesus, he's outraged, and hopefully we would be too, because nothing in this scene is about him. So when God enters church, when God shows up, he begins to show them and clean out the temple, which was prophesied for him to do, showing them you're in the right place, but for the wrong reason. So he clears out the temple and I want you to see what begins to happen next. He says this, teaching them in this moment. He says, it is written. He said to them, my house Claiming, God, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. Mark records this scene, and Jesus says there that my house is a house of prayer for all nations. Where is he at? The outer court of the temple where all people, tribe, tongue, and nation can gather. He's wanting to draw them to himself, knowing only he satisfies. And so he removes all the self-promoting of man, all the self-satisfaction of their own wealth and desires, all of their barriers they've created in this temple, this house of God. And he cleans it out. I mean, can you imagine the scene, even while you're listening now, whether you're working out or driving down the road, just picture for a moment, this chaotic scene of the temple being just overturned, money's laying on the ground and chairs are everywhere and tables are overturned. And all the religious leaders are just drawing back, removing themselves in awe of what Christ is doing. And Jesus says, you've forgotten what it's about. It's about me. It's about encountering me. And you're making it about you. Now, what happens next? I think is what radically can change all of us today as he begins to remove man and what they're seeking, which is self. Look who comes. Verse 14 says the blind and the lame came to him. When the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna, save now. There's the song again, Hosanna to the son of David. The leaders, the religious leaders, the priests, they were indignant. They were upset. They were outraged. They were confused. What do we see here? The house of God, the temple is about humble communion with Christ, the end. And who was ready? Those that needed help. It was the blind and the lame. This is the only recorded miracle we see in Jerusalem. And it's Jesus. Those that had been cast out, those that barriers have been built up against, now are the ones encountering Christ. The blind being healed, the lame being healed, and children Humble children are the lead worshipers in this scene saying, save now, Christ, save now. One more thing that you need to see and I need to apply with you is the very next scene after this, we see where Jesus curses a fig tree. What is he trying to show them? He's trying to show them this. Hey, we were in the temple. And everything looked like it should have been right, but there was no fruit. This tree looks like life is there, but it's dead. There is no fruit. You can fill your life with activity and have zero intimacy with Christ. But what you and I need is intimacy with Christ that fuels our activity. So what does this mean for a present-centered person, which is hopefully filled in a present-centered church? Why are you there? Intimacy with Christ should be the answer. And everything we do, every activity should be pushing us, drawing us to deeper intimacy. And then that deeper intimacy fueling our response, our worship, our activity. So, can you be in the right place for the wrong reason today? You can. But that can change simply by this. James says, draw near to God and he will. There's the condition and there's the promise. He will draw near to you. So all you have to do is say, Lord, I don't want to create these barriers in my life. I don't want to be in a church that's not thinking of you and not pursuing you and isn't satisfied in you. The world needs to see you believers being satisfied by the Savior. That's what they long for. Nothing, no, no show and no mighty, magnificent ministry can do it. They need to encounter Jesus. So don't let any barriers in your life and in our church be what keeps them from encountering him. So draw near and he will draw near to you. You know, Bill, this is what I I want in my life. This is what I want in my church. This is what I'm after is that, that I would be uh, like that child, and like that blind man and that lame man, they were the ones ready to encounter Christ when he came to church.
1: Well, and you know, what you just said a minute ago, removing the barriers, mm-hmm. I, think, I think we have to look at our churches and look at our life yeah, and say, okay, where are the barriers? Yes. Where, 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 what are the things we have to remove in order to invite the presence of God? to come in power in our church is it is a barrier i spend all my time on social media is a barrier that i'm completely preoccupied is a barrier that i'm living for myself is a barrier barrier in the church the busyness of our churches or the tradition of our churches and and we ought to be jesus was ruthless yeah now, we do it with grace and truth, yeah. but ruthless in removing anything yeah. that keeps us and other people yeah. from the presence of Christ. Yeah. So what What a beautiful thought. You know, I, I was just reading this morning in my devotional time uh, the passage that changed my life at 17, mm. John 15. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, look, I'm the vine. Yeah. You're the branches, and apart from me, you can do some really cool things. <laughs> it's not what he says; he just says, "Apart from me, you can do nothing." Yep. So you're one task, and he says it ten times in that passage. Yeah. Abide. Yeah. You say, "Well, Lord, what? No, abide." Yeah. But he's doing that. Abide. Yep. But she said, "Abide." Yep. You get in a in a close relationship with me and stay there yeah and and i'll bear fruit yeah i think what you said a minute ago about about uh our our goal is not to draw people yeah our goal is to invite the lord to open the door and let him in and people will come yeah the lame the blind the hungry yeah yeah Yeah. and if we
0: build it on that then then They'll, they'll desire that every day in their life. That's exactly that, right. I mean, that's the, and that's what we want. We, and that's what I want in my life. Right. And, and I, and it is what, what tables does God need to flip in Jordan? Wow.
1: yeah, <laughs> A good way to put it. Yep. Lord, he, as you walk into my life. Yeah. Where's the table flipping going to yeah. happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, we want to pray for this. And uh, yeah. we always like, it's the title of this podcast is One Cry. And so we want to saturate everything with with prayer. Yeah. And when we pray on this podcast, uh, we don't do that just to fill some time. We 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 really want to cry out to God. And we want you to join us in that. Yeah. And, uh, so right now I'm going to ask Jordan to pray, then I'll pray for just a moment and let's really go to the Lord and ask him to show us where the tables are yeah, and, uh, what we need to do to get back into the very holy of holies with him. Yeah. Why don't you lead us as we pray? So Lord, right now we do every, every
0: listener is praying together here, Lord, um, I know there's areas in my life that I am quick to run to thinking it'll satisfy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not, they're not, they don't even have to be bad things. Just good, good things, but they're not the one great thing I need. And it's you. Mm-hmm. Lord, I ask that you would teach me like you were teaching the people that you had compassion on in that moment, your final days and in compassion. Mm-hmm. Lord, would you teach me by flipping some tables and cleaning house and mm-hmm. showing me, Jordan, the only thing that you need, the only thing that all source of life will come from presently and eternally is me. Let me satisfy you. Mm-hmm. And then from that posture, Lord, for our listeners as they're praying that, would you, would you make us leaders? And I love, Lord, the leaders in the worship service in this passage were the blind and the lame mm-hmm. and the children. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lord that it was humble communion, people humble, crying out to you. Mm -hmm. And it was from that, that that worship came. So Lord, thank you that that's who you use. And so Lord, we surrender.
1: And so father, it's so easy to set up tables. I just think about a a church hall and we just walk in and we flip over these tables and set the legs out and, and uh, it's so easy to do that without even knowing, without even thinking about it, just yeah. barriers yeah. to your temple, yeah. to your holiness. And, uh, and Lord, we pray that you would very um, specifically show us what is hindering us from experiencing your presence because, Lord, everything flows from your presence. Yeah. If we have you, we have everything. If we don't, we've got nothing. We have you in our churches. We have everything. Without you, Lord, we're just, we're just, it's worse than nothing. Because we're saying to the world we have Christ, and yet they don't see him. Yes. So, Father, convict us and send revival, Lord, to us yes. and uh, in this way. And, Fathers, always, we cry out together that you would send a revival across our nation. We we see it in the wind. We've, we sense that you're doing a wonderful thing among us. So Lord, uh, just come, just come in power yeah. and help us to be ready, Lord. Help us to be like the blind and the lame and the children. yeah, that we're just looking for you. We're scrambling around just looking for Jesus on every college campus and every meeting that we have in the church and, and inviting you to come and preparing. Like John said, pull down the high places, lift up the low places, and prepare a highway for our God so that the King of glory may come in. And that's the prayer of our heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, that was Rich, Jordan, and thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I want to mention one more time, we are featuring this little book, The Present Center Church. That would help you to know how to do exactly that. Yeah. In fact, we have yeah. a a chapter in here on, uh, I think it's the third chapter. Yeah. On how to remove barriers. That's right. Yeah. I mean, how do you take I've the I've highlighted by? that chapter. It's good. Yeah, it's helped right. me. Yeah. So sometimes we have physical barriers, structural barriers yeah. in the church that hinder the president. Sometimes we have spiritual barriers right. that are hindering, and we need to deal yeah. with both. So. Yeah. I hope you get a copy of that you can get it at www.onecry.com and uh, i hope you'll uh, join us next week we're going to take one more week to talk about this and uh, i think it'll be rich so send it to somebody else's podcast today uh, and uh, join us next time